Welcome to the House on Fire podcast. Our aim is to light a fire for Jesus in the homes of those who listen through encouragement and equipping. Let's partner together to advance the gospel in the next generation. I am your host, Lucas Jackson, and I am passionate about seeing more people on fire for Jesus. When you listen to the House on Fire podcast, you'll hear from people you can rub shoulders with every week at Bethel Church, because all of our guests are from our church family. These are people striving to love God, love others, and to serve the world. Welcome, guys. Really excited that uh, you guys are able to join us today. So we've got Titus and Josh on the podcast with us. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Hey, glad for having us. Yeah, yeah, good to be here. I'm stoked that we can be able to chat it up here. So before we dive into the topic of uh, conversation for today, just tell us a little bit about yourselves. Obviously, you guys serve like crazy and you're around Bethel and many people know you guys. And But for those who don't know you, just let's uh, learn a few things. So Titus, you are always at church earlier than I am on Sunday mornings. So I feel like you should you should go first. Okay. Just, just like just like normal. <laughs> is this really him being That's humble hilarious. or is this him jabbing at you? I don't know which one we're doing here, but it was a compliment. He hey, okay. he, he brought it up. So yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. Uh so yes, Titus Torkelson. I serve here as the technical director. I've been been on staff for just uh over a year now. Let's see. I started uh, 21, so I guess it's been a couple years now. Okay. Um, really, really grateful to be on this team. Uh, it was kind of the the first job uh, out of college that I got. Went to MSUM uh, for their production degree. So really stoked to be using my degree uh, for the edification of the, of the church. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's my my role here at the church as the technical director, overseeing everything, audio, video, lighting in terms of a, a Sunday morning. And uh, and then also throughout the week, there's different events and things like that that pop up um, that I get to oversee and make sure that all the technical aspects are taken care of. Absolutely. And you're, uh, you're married. Yes. Yep. Married for, it's actually just a year and three months for okay. my me and my beautiful wife, Lauren. Yeah. We, Did you guys meet at school? We we actually met at a at a friend's wedding. I was actually roommates with uh, with the groom, and she grew up in church with the bride, and uh, we were both uh, on the we were playing music together, and I saw her and I was like, oh man, I got to get to know her. <laughs> Calm down there, Titus. I love it. I love it. And so, uh, no kids, right? Nope. Yep. We're uh, just uh, freshly married and. Loving that. Yeah. Loving any, life. Any animals or you guys an animal household? You know? No, uh, Lauren is actually allergic to both cats and dogs. So What a, what a blessing. No what go a, on the Praise pass. God. The Lord has shown favor on your wife. <laughs> I'm actually kind of grateful for that, but <laughs> she she loves animals. Uh, actually, our favorite thing, uh, animals to go see are the prairie dogs at the zoos. Okay. So anytime we see prairie dogs at the zoo, we'll both like go nuts. Interesting. It's, uh, we, we actually went... For literally 20 minutes just, just to go see the prairie dogs before they closed at six one day. <laughs> wow. That, right. That's commitment right that's, there. Uh, that is yeah. commitment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is dedication. <laughs> so uh, what service do you and your wife normally attend? I mean, I know summer schedule is a little different, but um, so tell us what service you normally attend if somebody were to try to find you and, um, and what small group are you in? Yes. So 
for for myself since uh, I'm on staff as the technical director. I'm obviously here for the whole morning uh, for both services. Uh, but uh, my wife Lauren, she comes for the 10:45 service, and uh, we usually I'm I'm usually up in the tech booth uh, up in the balcony. Um, and then my wife Lauren will will usually sit together during the sermon. Yeah. Um, but if if my wife is not there, uh, she'll sit down up front to the left with kind of our. We're a part of the uh, the young adults group here at Bethel. Um, part of that life group. Uh, my wife and I, we uh, we are one of the leaders of that group along with a couple other people. Yeah. Um, so we just we have the privilege of being a part of that group, um, and it's cool to see the fellowship that's uh, been established there. So. Yeah. yeah, that's where we're plugged in right now. Awesome, awesome. Um, and then if uh, you know your, I know your wife serves in youth ministry. Um, she does. Yep. And then you are in youth ministry as well. Yes. Yep. Uh, my wife Lauren is a small group leader, and I get to help out with the uh, the worship team side of things. Yeah, love it, love it. Josh, tell us a little bit about you, my man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Josh Graham. Uh, I am the music director here at Bethel, uh, which which means you know I I get to equip uh, our volunteers with the tools that they need um, to prepare well for a, uh, a Sunday morning service, uh, which usually includes uh, some kind of rehearsal time ahead of time. So I'm getting them rehearsal tracks and music and uh, kind of leading through our time on Wednesday nights as we as we rehearse to prepare. Um, and yeah, just kind of get to be creative and we get to do some fun stuff with that. Um, and so I'm kind of the one that, that facilitates that um, on the music side alongside Titus, who's um, usually more up in the booth and, and making sure that everything that we're doing musically is translating well on the on the technical side. So yeah, um, so yeah, I grew up in uh, I grew up in Indianapolis, so I'm not a native Fargoan either. Um, and I uh, went to school at a, at a small Christian school in, in Ohio called Cedarville. Um, got a degree in, in worship ministry from there. So I uh, started working at a church in Ohio for a few years until uh, the Lord called me out here about uh, coming up on a year and a half ago. So okay. it's definitely not uh, not not what I was expecting the Lord to do, but sometimes he works in those ways that you just don't understand in the moment and you look back and, and see how he's faithful. And so um, definitely very, very thankful to, to be where I'm at. So Yeah. That's awesome. Any animals? No, no, no animals. Uh, I, I don't think my apartment technically allows us to have animals in them, <laughs> although I definitely see them every once in a while. And I'm just like, hmm, maybe I didn't read the, I don't know, maybe I didn't sign the, the right dotted line or something. But Maybe they got special permission. Th- yeah, know? maybe that's, yeah, I, I mean, don't know. It's probably better just to, you know have my own space. I can go home and decompress and not have to worry about some furball thing. You know, I don't know. That's just me. But. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, uh, what service do you want me to go to and what small group are you in? Yeah. So, um, pretty similar to Titus, uh, because of the kind of what my responsibilities are on a Sunday, I'm, I'm in both services. I'm there in the morning, not quite as early as Titus, but, uh, but still uh pretty, still pretty early, man. Yeah. Yeah. Still early. <laughs> what time do you get here um, in the morning? Uh, so let's see, we, we do our production meeting, uh, at seven fifteen. I mean, you don't need to brag, bro. Just give me a time frame. <laughs> so I'm usually, uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. Is that the, I'm, I'm on Josh's team here, jabbing <laughs> you a little bit. Sorry. We're ganging up on him. We need to stop. Yeah. Just a time's cool. You know, like five forty five. I'm usually here about an hour early before the production meeting. <laughs> an hour early. Okay. All right. All right. Six fifteen. If you can do, if you can do math. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, <laughs> But no, so so I'm yeah I'm here here in the morning. I go to go to both services. Um, I usually uh, 
I, I guess depending on the on the on the Sunday, I'll I'll uh, be sure to at least be out in the uh, you know attending the whole service for one of the two. Uh, kind of depends yeah. um, from Sunday to Sunday which which one that will be. But I usually kind of sit up towards the front just because then it's easier to get on and off uh, on and off the stage when when it's that time to to do a closing song or whatever. But for sure. Um, yeah, so that's that's usually kind of where I'm at on a Sunday morning. If you want to come say hey, and then uh, also part of the uh, Monday night um, young adults life group, uh, which yeah. which yeah, echo what, what Titus was saying too. Like it's it's been really cool to see how God has been um, working in that group, and and people are um, wanting to be in fellowship, and that's like that's what we're called to do as believers is to yeah. to get into those kind of relationships with one another and uh, and it's been cool to be a part of that so awesome. yeah craig and laurel uh they came out uh, actually uh you know just this past monday and got to share a bit of their story and their testimony yeah. and it was it was really cool to have them be a part of it it's cool to see uh that that leadership and vulnerability with with them that that bred more um vulnerability and uh growth was a part of our group so yeah awesome. shout out to awesome craig and laurel yes yes awesome well, so our, our topic of discussion specifically today, it, it will start out broad, but we're going to get into, you know, some details of just worship ministry in our church and, and how that bleeds into our student ministry, but, but why our worship ministry includes students. And, you know, I mean, I've only been here six months, but we've been chatting for quite a while about just like, how do we integrate students into the church and how do we not expect students to be different or have different expectations for students than what we would have, you know, for those who would help be on a Sunday morning service or whatever on the team. And so trying to unite um, clarity, vision, direction for our church. And I guess in many ways for me, man, I just, I can't help but think like, man, we, we should be a discipleship making factory. And, and I know you can't, you know, we can't just print people and, you know, kick them out like crazy and, you know, okay, you're going to go save 10 people this week or whatever. And you're going to go disciple a thousand people. It didn't work that way, but, but our, we've been talking for months just about our heart and desires to, equip students and do all we can to integrate them into the church and, and to be less divided. And I don't mean divided in a bad way, but just we're a church and we value kids and students as much as we do adults. You know, it's, I mean, the scripture doesn't give precedent for a specific age group. I, mean, I guess you can make a biblical argument that um, older seasoned people should have more value and wisdom and stuff to add. But nonetheless, I think we all have value because we're creating the image of God. And so for, anyway, so for our, our conversation today is, why our worship ministry includes students and, and we'll lean in um, with some student ministry stuff specifically, but, but to, to get it going, like what is uh, church worship ministry, you know? And so let's lean in on, on that guys. Yeah. So um, I did a, I did a quick search on our Bethel worship website to get, to get our statement of this is, this is who we are as, as Bethel church. So this is right off of our website. Here's what it says. It says the worship ministry at Bethel church exists to magnify the name of Christ by the power of the Holy spirit. We seek to make the glory of Christ known in the hearts and minds of the people of Bethel church mm -hmm. as image bearers. We are given the gift of creativity and the worship ministry aims to steward that gift for the edification of the church. Mm. Now, that's like, there's like a lot of words in there. Yeah. So, so I, I kind of want to break it down a little bit. So, um, that first phrase, we exist to magnify the name of Christ, right? Um, and, and magnify just means to make bigger, right? So, so we, we want, we want to do our best to use our gifts to make much of, of who Christ is and what he's done. And, and that yeah. includes, the church, right? People who have put their, their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but yeah. then also people who are, are not believers in Jesus Christ, that, that they would see 
what we're doing with our worship ministry and 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 want to be want to be a part of that kingdom uh, yeah. want want to surrender their life to Christ so so that's that magnification part then mm-hmm. then it talks about by the power of the Holy Spirit right <laughs> and and uh, it's not something that we can do on our own right we apart from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us we are we're powerless to do this uh, we we can't even approach the throne of God yeah. without without that without that mediator right um, so 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 we aim to to be doing that in the in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, right, right after that, it says we seek to make the glory of Christ known in the hearts and minds of the people of Bethel Church. Right, so, um, so that that mind aspect, right, we're 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 proclaiming like truths about who God is, about the reality of 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 who we are in relation to that. Like it's it's not this. Um, well, you feel this way and I feel this way. Like this, these are mm. actual truths that we find in scripture. Yeah. Um, but there's also an emotional aspect of it, right? Like that we should be moved in our heart because of, of who God is and what he's done for us. Yeah, absolutely. And so there's, so there's a, there's a heart aspect and, and a mind aspect. Um, so then and it says, yeah, we're, we're image bearers given the gift of creativity, right? God, God is a creative um, a creative being, right? And and so part of being made in the image of God is that He's given us creativity, and one of the ways that we do that is is through music and through technology. Uh, and so that is that is something that we we strive to look more like yeah. our our Creator in in doing that. And um, and then this that last that last section, um, we aim to steward that gift of creativity for the edification of the church. And and that edification thing is just. Um, we, we want to look more like Jesus. We want to, we want to continue yeah. to be like, you're talking about making disciples. Like that's, that's the process of discipleship is how, how can, how can I look more like Jesus at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, and so, so that's what we're, that's what we're aiming to do with, with worship ministry at Bethel. And, and one thing I didn't clarify, both of you guys serve in high school ministry on Sunday nights. So you're helping with tech stuff and you're helping Josh with helping, you know, be involved in the actual nuts and bolts of, of us gathering students together and figuring yep. out all the nitty gritty of what, you know, what needs to take place or whatever and stuff. Yep. And so, so all of these things, this is our worship ministry, our church, and all of these things would apply to student ministry as well. Totally. Like yep. it's not different. It's not, it's not separated in, in any way at all. Same vision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. I would just like to add a, a couple of scriptures that came to mind as we're thinking about our church worship ministry. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six 36 uh, says for, for, from him and through him, and for him all are all things. To him be the glory forever. Mm. Uh, just those, you know, those three phrases of for from him and through him and for him. We were we were created to to magnify and glorify the name of Christ. Yeah. Isaiah twenty five one says, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name. For in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things. Things planned long ago. And I love uh, just the the intentionality of of how this verse kind of manifests the the heart of we were created to to exalt um, the name of Christ uh, because he's he's perfectly faithful he's perfectly good he's done wonderful things um, things planned long ago like he yeah. he set this up uh, long before we were even born um, and created us to to worship him. Because he's so incredibly worthy of our worship. Yeah. And just, you know, we're, we're, we're narrowing in on a specific topic. And so in no way are we saying that worship is just 
music on a Sunday morning or anything right. like that. So right. for anybody listening, you know, that's not what we're doing. You know, worship is could literally be almost any act to, to honor the Lord in our lives. And so, but just for the sake of our conversation here, we're leaning in more towards the, the worship component by gathering God's people either on a Sunday morning or in another environment, youth ministry and that kind of thing um, for the glory of God. And, and, you know, the preaching is that even, you know, the game interactions and the eating is that all of that could be worship just so wouldn't want anybody to think otherwise. About yeah, us. But, yeah, definitely. Music, music is a, is a, is one of those creative gifts that we've been given um, that we can use to honor and make much of the name of Christ, but it's certainly not, not the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just, it's just one avenue of how we can, you know, logistically, it makes a lot of sense for when you have a room full of a lot of people to be united in one voice to to glorify the name of Christ. Uh, music is a, is a great way, avenue to do that together, you know, for, for that hour on a Sunday morning. But yeah, yeah absolutely. There's, there's, it's just one aspect of how we get to worship Christ on a daily basis. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and it's, it's a gift that, that, you know, God has given to people that they are you know, gifted in being able to make music or to to use an instrument to do that. And so one of the cool things about what we do is that we're equipping uh, those people who have that desire and that gifting to, to, to honor the Lord in this way, to, to not only do it every Sunday or however many Sundays they're on a month. Um, but, but then to continue to get better at it because, because he's worthy of that too. Like if we just, we could just, you know, get up there and, play a few chords and do whatever we want, but that yeah. would not be, I don't think that's the best way of, of stewarding those gifts well, uh, when we can be doing better. And so that's one of the cool things about what we get to do is that, um, people are passionate about, about doing that and getting better and not just for the sake of getting better, but because, because God is worthy of, of our best. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can go to a concert, a Christian concert or, or you know, or not. And so what, what's the difference between, uh, a place where there's music taking place and there's a group of people and it's not about the Lord at all. And it's not to edify the Lord at all. I mean, we, I mean, it's not about us just gathering together just for us to say things out of our mouths or use instruments. It's, it's, it's much more than that. Um, and so leaning into this more like worship ministry is not really about the music and, and why it's really about God. And so, which may seem like a dichotomy in and of itself, but so let's lean in with this a little bit that like worship ministry is there's a components of it that it's about music, but but the reality is it's really really about God. Yeah. So one of the one of the popular um, passages in Scripture that people refer to a lot when they when they start talking about worship uh, is in John chapter four, where um, Jesus has this encounter with a woman uh, at a well, and it's this kind of strange encounter for the time for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, in in that day and age. Uh, a man speaking to a woman that he doesn't know was was looked down upon, uh, yeah. let alone some of the the racial and cultural tensions that were there with him being Jewish and her being a Samaritan. Um, and we we don't, we don't need to get into into all of that. But um, at some point in in the conversation, um, let's see, it starts. Uh, where are we at here? I think verse twenty four. Uh, yeah, twenty four is the big one. I'm going to give us a little bit of context here, starting in um, nineteen. Um, and, uh, so the woman says to Jesus, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what we, what you do not know. 
but we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Yeah. And and so so he, he starts talking about worship kind of there at the end, but um, I, it's interesting just to, to start out with, um, you know, we, we talk about like, uh, this misconception that music is worship, and she kind of starts out with a similar uh, a similar um, misconception that worship is all about location, right? Mm-hmm. That so so this is not like a, a new concept. Two thousand years ago, people were were struggling with what <laughs> what does worship mean, and so she thought it had everything to do with with where you were doing it, and and Jesus is saying. Um, there's there's now there's now coming and it's now here that that's not going to be the case anymore, um, and and what's what's kind of cool about it is that he's the reason why it's no longer about location, right? Um, yeah. It's because he is the one that that paid the penalty that we deserve to pay. That then um, we we're, we have access to the Father regardless of location, um, and so then he starts talking about uh, this uh, worshiping in spirit and in truth. Uh, which is kind of a an interesting phrase, but uh, I like to think of uh, you know the, the the spiritual aspect of worship being something that's that's internal, right? It's it's not a an external what you can do thing. It's 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 about um, a, a heart alignment thing. Like what 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 is my what is my purpose behind why I'm doing what I'm doing? Not just the external um, what it is that I'm doing, and then yeah. and then the truth side of that being um, where where do we get where do we get that truth from? It's from God's word, and mm-hmm. so um, so all all like true worship has to be founded in um, in God's word, and and so uh, you know like we kind of talked about earlier, music is one of the ways that we can make much of God externally, um, but what's more important is that that internal heart attitude and heart posture of of orienting our lives towards looking more like Jesus. Um, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, that was really, really well said, Josh. Thanks for breaking down that John 4 passage. Yeah, I, I just want to echo, you know, we've kind of mentioned this a little bit, but just the that, you know, we, logistically speaking, we use uh, the, the tool of music on a Sunday morning. You know, we have, we have roughly an hour together where we're, everybody's in the worship center and we're, we're focusing on hearing the message, uh, the Word of God preached, and we're using the tool of music to to be united in one voice to lift up the name of Christ. Um, and that's just the one avenue in which we do that. Um, we, we exist to to foster and to lead people into into that worship hmm. of, of, of Christ. And we, we do that in order to, that our hearts um, and our minds might be uh, in an alignment of worship of Christ, and my hope is, and my prayer is that when when people come in, they that is is fostered, so that way people can be more encouraged to to live that out throughout the week. Hmm. Uh, because in reality, like when we come in on a Sunday morning, um, and from my team, from a technical standpoint, and from Josh's team on the the musician side of things, you know, we're what we're doing is a reflection of our relationship with Christ you know, outside of that one hour of we of that worship time. Yeah. Um, and that's where it, it's so important to to step into worship is that lifestyle of orientating our hearts towards looking more like Christ. Mm. Um, oh, if you if you love me, you, you will obey obey my commands as as Jesus as Jesus taught. So yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Why does worship ministry matter? You know, and, and again, we're talking about primarily the music component and stuff, primarily in the context of our environments at, at church on a Sunday morning here in Fargo, you know, got a couple of services and then, uh, and we got a tradition service as well here on campus. Then we got Kindred um, down um, as well. And, and even in our context of our student ministry and, and all that stuff. And so like, why, why does worship ministry matter? Yeah. Um, I think just something about our human nature and our like fallen um, sinful selves, right. As a result of the fall, like we, we are sinful people. Um, and because of that, like we're, we're, we're created to worship something and, and there's, there's something about us that, um, it just, it's, it's part of our DNA that, um, we always, we always want to put something on a pedestal. We want to, um, to glorify something, whether that's ourselves or our bank account or some celebrity or, um, even even music in and of itself, like you know, there there are yeah. lots of things that can take that top priority, um, and so you know what what we aim to do on on a Sunday morning as we gather as the whole body of Christ is that, um, hey guys, remember like God is the one that is who's the only one who is worthy of our worship, mm-hmm. um, and and you know hey I might have I might have messed up throughout the week I might have put my priorities in the wrong order, but, um, but there's just something cool about gathering with a, a body of believers who are all going through that struggle together that like none of us are perfect, but yeah. we're all, we're all trying to spur one another on to, uh, Hey, like r- remember this, like, this is not about us. This is not about anything else, but, um, but the Lord and, and, um, he's, he's the one that's, that's worthy of that. But yet, you know, we're, we're just so prone to, to go look at other things and to, to prioritize those things. Um, and so, um, I think it's, it's, it's important that, uh, the church gathers, uh, consistently, um, to remind ourselves of that and, and then to be fueled going into the rest of the week so that then it's not just a Sunday morning thing that we're mm-hmm. worshiping quote, right. That, um, that that worship is then becomes what we're talking about earlier a, a lifestyle where it's not just something that you go do Sunday and then just wait until the next week to to get back into it. But um, you know, it's we're 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 living that that Christian lifestyle of trying to look more like Jesus. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of that's that's what we aim to do. So um, another another aspect of that too, I think, it's just. Um, We've we've touched on a little bit is that we we want to we want to equip people to use the gifts that God has given them, um, and and that's that's important in the church, right? Like everyone has a unique role to play, and that's the beauty of of the church that that God designed um, to bring Him glory first of all, but then also uh, it's it's to our benefit as well. Uh, and so when we uh, when we give people those avenues to to use their gifts in God honoring ways. Um, then the the church is better because of it, and so yeah. uh, I would say that that's that's part of the reason why why what what we're doing matters is because it's giving people the right avenue to um, to use those gifts that God's given them. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. That's right. <laughs> yes. is, that, is that a Midland. shout out for Chris Midland? <laughs> oh boy, hundred <laughs> percent. We only made it to episode two, and he's already in it. <laughs> Which is great. We'd love you can't, you can't run from Chris. Yeah. We'd love we love you, Chris. 
most of the time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I want to echo uh, and affirm what, what Josh just shared. I would, I would say that why does worship matter? Uh, simply put, because Christ is worthy of our worship. Like, yeah. period. Like, yep. if if that was all the reason, like, if we, there was no other reason, that would be the, the one that I would land on. Mm-hmm. Simply put, because Christ is so worthy of our worship. Yeah. I, I think practically speaking, um, from for myself as a, as the technical director and and kind of the leader of the the technical aspects, we 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 exist um, from a ministry standpoint of you know looking at just the specific area of a Sunday morning large group gathering. We exist to to execute uh, a, t- a distraction free environment so people can come in and be able to have an encounter with Christ. Yeah, you know, I I think of like the the family who who's maybe had had a really rough week, and they're they're like on the kind of that Sunday morning scramble. You know, right now I don't have kids, so I it's not as a uh, Lauren and I aren't struggling with you know getting ready in the morning uh, the same way as like a a family with you know five kids and they're they're getting all their kids together and they're they're ready to to go to church and they they finally get everybody dressed and everybody in the car and they and they show up to to a Sunday morning service and they're. They're just kind of drained from the week, and they, they. I would hope that they would be able to come into one of our services here at Bethel and be able to to sit and to to worship, um, and be able to for for that that period of of time be able to fix their eyes on Christ. Yeah. And if I can do my job from a technical standpoint of eliminating sound and lighting and and those those technical distractions by by pursuing excellence, by having good, uh, solid equipment, um, for being able to make people, you know, we've got a, you know, a space that we're blessed with, but, uh, logistically speaking, you know, how do you make, uh, you know, a place where there's like a thousand people, you know, every single person be able to hear what the pastor is preaching, um, or being able to, to mix a song well in the sense that people aren't distracted by, by something that's too, um, too loud or too quiet or, uh, you know, how can I do my technical job well so that way people can come in um, like that family to be able to experience who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, and that's that's my goal as, as a technical director to to eliminate those distractions um, and to encourage and foster a place of worship um, so people can come in, be encouraged, and leave encouraged um, so that the way they can love God, love others, and serve the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I... I'm thinking this in my mind. I've had a few people in my time that have said something similar, and mostly it's, I think it's men. Uh, I don't know if I ever had a woman or even maybe maybe a student or two and a, and a couple of dads. So maybe four or five examples I can think of where they would be like, you know, I just don't like to sing. You know, I, I don't want to. I don't want to sing. That's not really my thing. It's not you know? manly, or you know, yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And you know, and I, okay, I'm cool. You know, like I, I don't, you know, I, I get what you're saying, but whoa. What would be some encouragement that you would maybe say to somebody who would, if they maybe were to say that, like, you know, guys, appreciate it, but, you know, I just would rather stand there and listen to the music. Like, I mean, for me, you know, like, I'm, I'm kind of grateful in, in some sense, we're not really a church that claps a lot, you know, and I'm kind of grateful because I can't clap and sing at the same time. I got to, <laughs> I got to choose one or the other. And, you know, so, you know, from, from my friends who are got a little bit more beat to it, I'm like, you know, I ain't got nothing for you, homie. You know, I just, so, you know, I get it in a sense. So, you know, but, uh, so what would be some encouragement or something you would say to somebody if they were, but, you know, I just don't want to sing, you know, and 
that doesn't mean that they have to be disengaged, you know, um, or that maybe the words aren't meaningful to them, but they're just like, this is not my thing. And, and I get it. So what would you say to someone who, if they'd say that to you? Total curveball, I know. It is a curveball. And my assumption oftentimes is, like, um, I usually have questions, you know, I don't remember the questions I ask these people, but, but, you know, I think it, there's, it's usually, there's something going on within themselves and they're maybe more focused on themselves. Could be, not sure. saying always, but sure. there could be a component of that, that I, that I've seen a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, why, why, why is it that, that someone would, would feel like, you know, I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this setting where people are, people are singing or, or clapping or raising their hands or, or whatever. I mean, it's, I, I think it, it is, you know, like we talked about the why where we've been talking about the why yeah. on a lot of these things, like why, cause that, that's ultimately what, what's the most important. And, and so, yeah. um, you know, if, if you're in a, if you're in a place where, um, singing just isn't your thing or, um, I, I I don't know if that would like if that would be enough for me to to be like well that's this so that I'm just not going to participate yeah. right like like I get to and one of the things I get is like man if we're if we're talking about uh, if we're, if we're singing a song that like you know I'm going to surrender my life to you Jesus like I give you everything and you just like aren't in a in a spiritual place to like make that kind of commitment like i i get like it's yeah. it's hard sometimes to 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 sing those kind of lyrics and really mean them yeah. um but at the same time like we're 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 called in scripture like let everything that, that has breath praise the lord right like and and so i don't want to come across as like you know hey you should be you know doing you should participate in everything and never yeah. like struggle with you know participating in a congregational con- like that no that's not what i'm saying at all but um it, i i think uh, uh to someone who who is struggling with that um to just give it a chance and and even if it's not your thing um there there are lots of times where where god calls us out of our comfort zone yeah um uh, he he does that he does that to me a lot <laughs> like i i'm not i'm not the the kind of person that uh, necessarily enjoys being in the spotlight um but there are times where i'm called to to lead a worship service and, and i got to talk in front of a thousand people and and maybe that wouldn't be my um what i would consider my sweet spot uh just yeah. like someone may say you know singing's just not my not my cup of tea uh if, if God calls you to do it, man, like, you know, it, it's, I get it's not, it's not easy, but, yeah. uh, just g- give it a shot and, and, and see what the Lord does with that. Like he, he's, um, he's faithful. Uh, we can, we can trust that for sure. Um, yeah. but, uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I think that's, that's what I would say is just, just, um, do your best to obey what the Lord has commanded us to do, uh, in any yeah. circumstance, not yeah. just with the singing. Right. Absolutely. But, um, Yeah. I mean, salads aren't really my thing, you know, but, uh, but I have a salad once in a while, you know what I'm saying? You know, like Let if everything I, that hath breath, you know, eat salad. I just, I don't, I don't what think, I, yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, and there's a lot of things I do in life that I don't really want to do, but I do them because out of either obedience or, or the benefit of it, mm-hmm. um, the discipline of it. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, um, and I think it's, that's a really important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I, I maybe can't speak much into, you know, maybe, maybe someone who just singing or music isn't their thing. Cause, cause it is so much, it is. Yeah. it's so much a thing for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I'm asking what the it, wrong guys, yeah. I guess. Cause it's like, <laughs> well, why wouldn't you be into that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. But what, what, what I will say is when, 
one of the things why I, I think I appreciate it so much. Um, I'm actually, I'm pretty insecure about how my, my singing voice, I, I actually much prefer to play, just play guitar. Uh, I could just fall to the background and just play guitar all day. But uh, when I do have the opportunity to, to sing, whether it would be by myself in, in my apartment or in a, in a context of leading worship, I, I find that there is actually a, another level of that obedience and commitment to Christ that comes out through me physically mm. saying and singing uh, words of truth uh, and praise to Christ that it, it, it changes my, my heart attitude in the sense of it's not about me, it's about how can I, can I worship Christ and how can I deny myself, pick up my cross and follow him? Not in the sense that uh, singing worship music is that scary, but there, there's a sense of it's changing my heart to be more in line with uh, what Christ has for me. To be, I love how you mentioned obedience in the sense of being obedient to what Christ has for us, and 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 singing a worship line uh, might be that step for for some people. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm striving to be obedient in every aspect of my day, and I know that I want to if I'm more in line with being obedient to to Christ when it comes to to opening my mouth and singing a worship song. I would hope that my I would be more willing to be obedient mm. when Christ calls me to. Hey, I think. I'm calling you to, to talk to that person about, yeah. about Christ. That's yeah. good. And I, I want to be aligned in obedience to, to what Christ has for me. Yeah. And I've seen in the context of church, you know, I've been around long enough to just, uh, that some people would just be like, well, I'm just going to skip the music portion. Sure. You know? And I know in, in the past, I've been in church context where we'd like purposely move the, the music portion to the end, you know, and not, not to be malicious, but just to be, you know, intentional about saying like, man, I, if this is what we as a, if, if Bethel's my, my local church and it is, then this is how we do things and trying to honor the Lord. Then, and there's, there is a, a submission aspect to that. And there's some, I mean, there's maybe be things that are differently or whatever, but like, this is who the Lord's brought us to do this. And so I would, I would encourage those who would, well, I don't like to worship. Like, don't skip that, man. Like, you know, like just, I think there's a component where um, we have the opportunity to grow and to be stretched, even in things that may make us uncomfortable, like relationships. <laughs> you know, like it's <laughs> there's sure. always tension in those things, and I think it's important. So yeah, so we've been we've been reading this book as a as a staff um, for the last maybe month or so. Uh, it's a book by Bob Coughlin called True Worshippers. And when um, you say staff, like like the the worship worship ministry, worship ministry staff. Okay, yeah, so. Um, me and Titus, uh, our, our worship pastor, Anthony, uh, and our administrative assistant, Gene, we've just kind of been going through a, a chapter a week and, and discussing, yeah. and, um, yeah, uh, true worshipers by Bob Coughlin. Um, there's a, a quote, uh, it says, um, true worship is always a response to God's word. Um, God must speak to us before we have any liberty to speak to him. He must disclose to us who he is. <laughs> before we can offer him what we are in acceptable worship. Mm. The worship of God is always a response to the word of God. Scripture wonderfully directs and enriches our worship. And and so uh, I, I love that you brought up like, hey, maybe maybe sometimes it's okay to do the music after the message because, man, like what's the point of of a, a sermon but to hear from God, not not yeah. some guy on a platform, like, but uh, 
you know, a, some guy on a platform who is like taking the word of God and, and, and rightly dividing it and, and making it accessible and, and easy to understand. So then when we, when we get those truths out of the word, then what, what else should we do but respond and worship? Right. Yeah. And so that like, I, I love when, when we get to do, you know, things like that, where it's more of a, we're using that, that musical worship, right. Which, cause we've said before, worship isn't always just music. Yeah. Um, but, but using that avenue as a way to respond to the, the truths that we find in the word. And, and so then that's where it's like, yeah, we, we, we should be, uh, excited to do that like um not like okay it's time for the closing song i'm gonna go head out now so that i can get to my car before the rush or get the first coffee you know it's like no this is this is a this is the right way to respond to the truths of god of god's word yeah absolutely absolutely so maybe let's just talk for a few minutes here like where are we headed uh with worship as a church and even we'll start leaning more specifically into student ministries you know stuff but but where are we headed, you know, in the coming months and weeks as a church here? We are one body uh, manifested in many parts. And it is cool to see how um, we, as a church, a multi-generational church, we get to to manifest that self um, in different ways. I think it's so cool that, uh, like you mentioned before, in the sense of um, the elders, the the more experienced uh, Christians uh, mentoring those who of us who are younger. Um, I think it's also cool to see how us who are younger can can interact and uh, encourage and and carry each other's burdens um, and build each other up from a younger to an older generation. Yeah. Um, and we're doing that. We're seeking to do that through specifically worship ministries, um, from all the way from our our students to to us as a as a worship team. Um, we're, we're all in this together and, uh, it's cool to see how throughout the week on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night with, uh, with Bethel kids, uh, to see how that's all being, uh, reflective of worshiping Christ as a, as one body. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and we, we see that on our platform on Sunday mornings where, you know, I, I think the, the youngest member of our team is probably 16 and the oldest is probably 65 and and they'll be standing right next to each other and like what a cool picture of what the church is supposed to be like side by side we're doing this together um you know singing these these truths about who god is and 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 our response to that uh you know you think of different examples of of that in scripture like with paul and timothy like that was you know he, he he wrote at least two letters that we know of in the bible that paul uh wrote to timothy as kind of a a more mature uh, person in the faith uh, yeah. to someone who was um, wanting to use his gifting to to make much of the of the name of Christ uh, in, in Timothy, um, and so yeah, like we that that that's part of what's so unique about um, the church is that because we have the one common goal of uh, glorifying the Lord for who He is and what He's done, um, people who maybe wouldn't necessarily interact with each other outside of that. Uh, are doing that on a Sunday morning and, and yeah. even in the context of, of our worship team. Um, and, and so like, we, I think the best way to sum it up is like, we just want more of that, right? Like yeah. we, we want, um, just as many of the 16 year olds on stage as the 65 year olds or, or the 75 year olds or whoever, right? I mean, yeah. like that's, um, we, we all can benefit from each other's, um, perspectives on that. And, and so that's why I think God calls us to be a part of, 
a multi-generational bodies just so you know, it's it's easy to kind of get in our own bubbles of people who look and talk and think and act like us. Yeah. Um, yes, even in is. the even in the context of the church, like we may have the one thing in common of of the gospel, but then if we're if we're thinking the same way about everything else, then are we really growing into being more well rounded, uh, mature believers? Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, like we 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 want to do that more uh, more and more like as as much as we can. Yeah. And even in, you know, student ministry stuff specifically, which, you know, you guys have been serving for quite a while in that. And, you know, and we're, I mean, I, I, man, I just, I don't, I feel like we don't have an agenda other than doing all we can to do everything as biblically solid as possible and caring well for people. Yep. And that doesn't always come across, um, or maybe it's not always received. You know, maybe it could be just the way it was communicated or just, you know, um, but just you know, just leaning more here with just students specifically, we're, we're we we want to do all we can to make it extremely intentional, and so you know we've kind of laid out a here's a link to apply kind of thing, and it's just right. so we get your information and just so we can you know and there's questions on it like, hey, what's the gospel? You know, like that's that's kind of important. You know, yep. uh, we're a church. Uh, it, I don't know. You can't make disciples if you don't know who Jesus is right. And so, so there's questions on, Hey, what, tell us your story. When you come to faith, like who brought you to faith? And, and, and not only that, but there's even this little job description, which sounds way more formal than it really is. I mean, it sounds like it's like super legit, but I'm like, no, it's just got things like, Hey man, I, I'm, I'm committed to practice. I'm like, well, that's kind of important. You know, I'm committed to, to attending Bethel church. Well, I, man, like God's called us here to, to pastor and shepherd the people that God brings us. Um, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to confirm or decline on planning center, you know, and so I'm like, what's planning center? Then you, you're probably not in worship ministry much. If, you're, if you know what that is, that's fine. It's cool. Like Jesus loves you. It's all good. You know, so it's just got some specific things like that, that are just, we want to do everything we can to be like, this is what you're signing up for. Like, we don't want vision drift. We want clarity. Like this is kind of what, what, what it's going to take in order for you to thrive in this particular area to serve really well. And, and you guys have that too. Give me just some, maybe a quick breakdown of like, what, what are some of the expectations that you guys have for someone on, on your team here specifically? You know, what expectations are expected for somebody to be on, I mean, I say your worship team, I mean, it's all of ours, but just sure. Sunday morning specifically. The one that we serve on, uh, yeah, on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think first and foremost is for, for people to, to know Christ, um, yeah. right? We can't, we can't lead in a, in a place where we aren't ourselves. Um, you know, outlined, you, you see in Romans uh, 10.9, you know, if you clear, declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If, if, if we believe in Christ uh, and we've, we've asked for his forgiveness from, from our sins and repented and, and now want to, to live a life in Christ, um, that is the perfect place to, to be in the sense of, of surrendering to Christ and, and wanting to um, lead people um, to Christ. So that that's first and foremost. Sorry, before you go on, I, I just got a couple uh, things I want to lean in on that. Like, and and I think it's a legitimate question: Can a non-believer be on a worship team in the context of a church? I think they could, but I don't necessarily think that's what's best. Yeah, I would agree. You with know, that. and 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 there would be churches out there and people out there that are like, we got non-believers all the time on the stage, and I'm and I'm not I'm, I'm not going to say that's sinful. I don't think I could I could say that. Uh, I, I I wouldn't conf- confidently be able to say that based off scripture, but I don't necessarily think that it would be what's best. And so maybe lean in for that a little bit with me here, guys. And 
and th- and this isn't necessarily personal preference, so to speak, but it's it's based off the fact that like like we are worshipers. These are people that are that the Lord has brought together to help lead the congregation, the the people who were there in an in worship. And I'm not convinced that having non-believers on stage is what's best. Yeah, I, I I think you said the the phrase like personal preference. I I definitely agree it's not a personal preference, but I would say it, it's a personal conviction. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think it's that's, one that better. that the three of us uh, at this table probably share. Yeah. Um, and you know, so one of the one of the things that uh, that we've kind of started to try and be more intentional about is uh, is our language regarding worship team, right? Yeah. Saying saying like, hey, this this is not just like a it's not just a band. It is a band. But it's more yeah. than that. It's a worship team, and yeah. and um, Titus, uh, uh, you know, we, you brought up a phrase that that we say a lot uh, around around our office and around our, our volunteers on worship team is that you you can't lead in a direction that you're not already going yourself. And so, if we're called to be worship leaders, um, we can't we can't do that effectively if if we don't believe in the one that we're trying to lead people into worship of. Right? Yeah. We can use we can use music to maybe. Um, provoke some sort of emotional response. Yeah. Um, but if we're, if we're not, if we're not going that direction ourselves, then um, we're, we're, we're not truly being worship leaders. And, and um, you know, I think like you said, there, there are other church contexts that people use uh, or will allow, maybe is a better word, people who uh, aren't professing Christians to be on a platform and, and maybe that's yeah. okay for their context or, or whatever, you know, like you said, it's not necessarily, sinful um but uh in the context of what we're trying to do as as being um worship leaders uh which again you know titus you you talked about really well earlier um it's it's not something that uh that that someone who doesn't believe in jesus can do because you can't lead someone in a direction that you're not going yourself or at least you can't do it well right yeah yeah and i I mean and i just think it's important for us to you know I, i you know, I've been in context, you know, where they had, they were very intentional about having non-believers on stage. Maybe they could play an instrument or something, but they would never have a mic. And I'm like, okay, I, I could, there's some intentionality there. Yeah. I, you know, okay, I can, I can see that and that you're wrestling, you know, with those things. And, um, and I, yeah, and it not to be exclusive in any way or anything like that, but just as a, as a personal conviction of like, man, I, I don't. I don't, we have a lot of freedom as believers, but I don't think we have the freedom to do whatever we want. Sure. And so I just, I think at the end of the day, you know, 50 years down the road, learn on my deathbed, I want to look back and say, we did everything we could to honor the Lord and all that we did. And, and under this particular subject matter, like we want to honor the Lord in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, sorry, I cut you off a few minutes ago, Titus. So um, expectations would be that we would, they would need to know who Jesus is in order to be on the worship team if you're leading people in worship. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we got a couple more here. You want to lean in here and we'll, and we'll, you know, chat a little bit about each one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, uh, uh, with that there, there's a sense of, um, camaraderie and a sense of, we, we want to, people to be a part of this church. We want people to, to be worshiping with us. Not, not just in the sense when, you know, they're on, you know, the worship worship team for that Sunday. Yeah. Uh, or they're on tech for that Sunday, but they're they're consistently investing in their their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. On a weekly basis, um, here in person on at Bethel. Um and you, you got you gotta do that if you're you gotta show up and, and rub shoulders uh with each other. 
uh, yeah, we, I mean, we see that outlined in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. You know, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but um, pushing one another to, to so much more as to see the day approaching. Yeah. Kind of butchered that last part, but you get the, the gist of it. Um, we're, we're called to, to meet together uh, as a church. Um, and there's definitely logistical reasons to, you know, they need to watch online for a few Sundays and stuff like that. Um, but we, we want to be here together um, as a body of Christ to, to encourage one another. And uh, I think it also goes back to the sense of what we do is not just about what we do on the platform or yeah. behind uh, the tech booth, but it's it's a it's a lifestyle of obedience, of of being in Christ, um, and that's where we see yeah. see like uh, the fruit of the Spirit work in us, um, as that's the evidence of our relationship with Christ, and we're any one of us are by no means perfect. Yeah. We're all striving to to continue to to build that relationship with Christ, but yep. uh, one of the biggest ways we can invest in that relationship with Christ is to to be here physically on a Sunday morning uh, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the dangers of like bringing this up as like an expectation, which it should be like, I'm, I'm not saying that that's, that's yeah. I'm not saying it shouldn't be at all um, is, but I think that one of the biggest dangers of that is to, is to slip into some legalism yeah. of like, Hey, if you're not here every Sunday, like I'm taking attendance, right? Like that, that is not what this is about at all. And, and yeah, that's yes. what we've talked about is the, is the why behind why we do what we do. And, and, uh, the the overall heart posture of where we are in in this particular subject matter, uh, God has called us to gather as believers on a consistent basis, yeah. and um, you know if, if that doesn't mean that if I'm sick on a Sunday morning, I can't stay home and watch online. Yeah, <laughs> but what that what it does mean? That's why we have online, right? To, exactly, to provide more opportunities for yep. people to step into worshiping yep. Christ. Yep, yeah. exactly. And and so, but 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 it also means that if if I'm, you know, just kind of. Um, haphazardly like well you know maybe i'll maybe i'll go to church this sunday maybe not like it just kind of it's up to how i'm feeling or whatever like that that's where then we have to start looking at ourselves um and being like okay like what what's what's going on in my heart that that that's the um the attitude that i have about it and and again like i'm i'm not perfect about this like there are there are days where i was up at you know 12 12 30 on a saturday night and my alarm is about to go off at 5 15 and i'm like i don't i don't want to do this <laughs> you know like so yeah. so it's it's not uh no one's no one's no one's going to be perfect about it but uh my point being you know what we would not what we wouldn't want to do is is fall into this more legalism of uh, this like this is something you have to do in order for you to be saved, or you know, because that that's yeah. you know that's that's not the gospel at all, right? The gospel yeah. is we couldn't do anything to save ourselves, and and God in His infinite mercy chose to step in and and rescue us out of that, uh, and, yeah. and so no amount of like going to church is going to save us, right? Um, but yeah. but it should be important to us because we've chosen to follow Him, and and, um, and Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. Yeah. And it's it's to our benefit to come, right? Yep. Like uh, it's our to our benefit to be encouraged by our brothers and sisters in Christ, and and to to build those relationships. I one of one of the pastors at at the the church I I was at before I came to 
uh, Bethel was he he liked to say that you can tell like uh, how healthy a church is by how long people linger after the service because mm. people are just like enjoying fellowship with each other yeah. and wanting to to continue that. Yeah, and you know most students and even a lot of adults I know many are craving relationships. Yep. Like like genuine, authentic, biblical relationship. People that have got your back. People that you can, you know, be open and transparent and vulnerable and real with. And so, in my mind, like the best way for us to be able to foster discipleship, what well, we got to know each other. Yeah. Like you, it's hard to disciple somebody you don't have a relationship with. I don't know if you can disciple somebody you don't have a relationship with. Now, you can make an argument. There's aspects you can do that online, but I don't. I don't know anybody who would make an argument that online is better than in person. Right. I think if anything, I mean, parents I talk to, if anything, they're like, Lucas, I, like, I want my son and daughter to stop being inside and, and go do things outside or go be with more people. I've, yeah. I don't have any parents in my seven months so far here in Fargo that are like, you know, my son and daughter's got plenty of friends. They need to stop hanging out with people. <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. And maybe, maybe there's some, you know, there's, there's students out there who love everybody and they're, you know, super engaged with lots of people. But most families I'm talking to are like, my son and daughter needs genuine, biblical, authentic relationships with other people. So what better to have that if the people that are serving, you know, they, they know Jesus and, and they're following and pursuing Christ and they've got this shared experience. And one thing I love about talking with a lot of the students this past summer about kind of worship team stuff and, and things they love and the things they'd like to change, the thing they all loved is like, I know these people. Like the, it's the community that they love. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, if if you love that and that's super beneficial and life-giving to you, why would we not want to duplicate that? If you're going to get that in student ministry on Sunday nights, well, what if you came every Sunday morning as well? So theoretically, you could be duplicating, doubling your relational connectability and the intentionality if that's what's feeding your soul really well because of this shared experience, this group of people that love Jesus and you want to be on a worship team together. And so in my mind, the more we can physically be together intentionally— the better uh, discipleship and more authentic relationship that we're going to have. That's only going to benefit the church. And not only that, but each kid and each teenager and each adult, like the more deeper relationships we have, the more grounded we are and the more people that we know. And then, you know, when I'm on the side of the road, I got, I got, I got someone to call or when I'm, you know, and, and my wife and I are going at it and I'm ready just to go crazy and kick a window in and kick a cat across the street. I don't have any cats, I guess, but you know, maybe somebody would, you know, I, I, then I've got someone to call. And if you don't have that, man, that, that there, there's, that's a problem, you know, and, and not only in a practical humanistic relationship way, but also a biblical way. And so anyway, so expectations, you know, knowing Jesus um, and growing, you know, and your relationship with Christ, you know, being involved here physically as best as possible. And then, you know, the third one we got here is is be involved in a life group, be, be involved in community here with, with shared people. I've observed people who worship and or and have community at a different church. So I don't know, maybe Bethel 2.0 down the street. You know, if somebody is going to church there and involved in community there and discipleship there, but they serve here at our church, I've, I've observed a hundred percent of the time that that person will eventually stop being a part of our church and go to the church where they worship and have community. This is a general observation that I've made. Um, and so, because that's their people that know them and care for them. And so being able to have those things is super, super important. So, um, any, anything else you guys want to lean in on about knowing Christ, 
coming to church physically on a consistent basis and then, you know, being involved in a life group, discipleship making group where you're known, they know you, all that great stuff. I, yeah, I think just one of the one of the maybe downsides or potential downsides of being a part of a congregation that's larger like like ours. Um, you know, we're not some big mega church or anything, but you know, it's it's hard to know a thousand people in a room. Like yeah. I don't think I can name a thousand people. Like I don't know a thousand people's names. Um and you know, you talk about rubbing shoulders with people, like that that's where the life group aspect become super important because like you're yeah. saying like that that's where you get those kinds of connections with people yeah. that you're in deep relationship with um it just to to kind of point that out in scripture you know the the church had kind of just been founded in in acts chapter 2 and this is what they did it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching first right so which which is the word of god yeah and then right after that, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and so like they were they were doing life together, like breaking bread, <laughs> like that's not just you know oh I'm just like sitting at the table with it, like no like that they were in integrate in into what's the word I'm looking for intimately involved in in each other's lives on a, on a yeah. on a daily basis really like I mean that that's how you that's how you develop those relationships like you're talking about yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, even, you know, there's practical things like I'm changing brakes on my truck this week and a guy from my small group's coming over to do it or, or not, not do it, but I mean, maybe, maybe I'll make him do it. You know? <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, first. I know, I know, I know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just like, there's some practical things like, you know, like when there's, you know, we've had folks in our group that they've got some things going on and they call us. And so we're like, okay, how do we, how do we serve you guys? Or like, you know, and so there's just, it's not only a practical aspect, but I'm totally convinced um, you probably don't have genuine relationships with a particular person and or family unless they've sat at your table, kitchen table at your house. I, you could convince me otherwise, but it just, it shows that you're setting aside time. You're setting aside resource. I mean, you're paying for meals and, you know, and food's not cheap anymore, you know? And so like, like, sure, yeah. like, and so, and that's not the only way to do it, but I think it, it shows genuine care for other people. That's just everybody desperately needs even if non-believers need that like crazy yeah so anyway uh so we got a couple more questions here we'll dive in so why do um why do we expect less of our teens than our adults now we don't specifically you know here at bethel um, we're moving that direction where we're not trying to like well they're just students and when i hear that phrase i'm like lord jesus go outside you don't want to you don't want to hear what i'm about to about to drop on these mugs that's what i think and then I'm like, okay, calm down, Lucas. It's the inner you know? dialogue, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the yeah, that's the anger in me that is ready just to chuck a mug out a window anyway. But I'm looking at it. your coffee mug right now, and and, and the phrase <laughs> Sorry. that you know, what's up, mug? <laughs> it's it's we, been we some Lucas isms going there, on. It's been a conversation up, of discussion in the last few months. Interesting. So, Interesting. Um, yes, um, but I mean, I, we live in a culture where oftentimes there's fewer expectations for students just because they're students. Now, most people call them kids and I'm like, they're not a kid. A 17 year old is not a kid. That mug better be closer to an adult than a kid. And so why do we as, as a church not expect less of our students specifically under the umbrella of, of our heart and desire for those who are on worship teams here? Yeah. I, so I, I think I think the point you're getting at is that like this is the culture that we live in where students are 
have lower, like students are given lower expectations yeah. for no particular reason other than the fact that they're younger. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we're saying that should not be the case. Yes. Right. That like, that is, that yes. is not a, a biblical model for how we should be training up uh, yeah. the younger generation. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so we we talked a little bit earlier about um, you know the relationship that that Paul had with Timothy, Paul, a guy who writes you know a, a decent chunk of the New Testament uh, to Timothy, who who's wanting to to be a um, someone who's out preaching the gospel, and and um, and so in in one of the the letters, which is First Timothy, uh, that, that that Paul writes to him, he says, "Don't look down, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young." But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And and um, I, I think that that totally lines up with what we're trying to say here is that um, you know just because you are younger, whether that's in your faith or or actually like physically younger, no one is more or less qualified to be making disciples and to be setting an example, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of hear this phrase tossed around: the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Like mm-hmm. we all started at the same place of yeah. complete and total need for a savior. Yeah. Uh, and so, so anyone who is looking down on you or sees you as less valuable in the kingdom simply because of your age uh, does not have a, a biblical understanding of, uh, of who you are. But then even, I would even yeah. say of, of who, of the power of the gospel and who Christ is yeah. like that. That's, that's what's so, unique about the Christian gospel versus any other worldview or religion is that it has absolutely nothing to do with us. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so you can be a, a younger believer and be setting an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and purity uh, yeah. for people who've been doing it for, for decades. Right. Um, so uh, I, yeah, it, it's, I'm, I'm with you, Lucas, where it's like, I, um, I, I wish I wish that we would be better at that as a as a church as a whole, yeah. um, not just Bethel, but but in in general, um, giving students that the, the opportunity to use those gifts, just like we're talking about in, in the context of worship ministry. Like, what, why wouldn't we give someone who who meets those expectations? They know Jesus. They come to our church and they're in a life group. Um, why wouldn't we give them the same opportunity that we would to someone who, who's who's forty or fifty years old? Like be, yeah. because they're, um, and then how much better would it be that then, you know, they're going to be around for another sixty years using that gift, and we've God has allowed us to be a part of their journey and giving them the tools that they need to to get better at that. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember being in that in that spot myself as a younger believer, a younger person in, in on a worship team. I, I started serving at my church on the worship team when I was 13 or 14. Um, and, and someone, uh, saw something in me, a, a gifting, you might say, uh, or a passion for, uh, making music and, and wanted to give me the tools I needed to use that in the context of the church. And, and yeah. it didn't, and he didn't care that I was a 13 year old, you know, punk that, <laughs> that, that was more interested. I'm in, just picturing 13 uh, year old punk Josh. No right one, now. no one wants to see that man. Don't, I mean, don't that, look me up on you Facebook. Had, he had some pretty cool hair too. Uh, oh like, gosh. I mean, he still, he has great hair, but the, his hair back then was, the, whew, the was, hair has was evolved foofy. in the last decade. Yeah. I mean, that was Minus the beard. That was like, <laughs> 
That was like nine years ago, bro. You were thirteen, right? I mean, like, I mean, we're talking like it was. It was twelve years ago. I mean, oh Come my on, bad, man. my bad. Yeah. Twelve yeah. years ago, you know, got twelve years of spiritual formation under my belt since then, and and uh, and I also happened to learn how to use uh, hair product, so that 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 makes a big difference. See, now I got questions. Like, oh, did you not know hair product when a, you were thirteen? Do we need another uh, podcast for this? I think, man, maybe it's, like uh, you know. You know. <laughs> I will say there's a couple of guys on staff who've got got decent hair, and both of them may be in this room. I, I, I was gonna say so, when, when, so when, I, you, when you came on staff, I think you were the only one that was like giving Josh a run for his money when it comes to the hair department. You know, we do what we can. You know, yeah. just yep, yep, yep. Just just stewarding what the Lord has given me well. Yes. And if He's given me a good head of hair. I'm gonna use it well. This lushness, yeah. you know. <laughs> Sorry. My bad, my bad. <laughs> anyway, I yes. Uh, you want to pipe in or anything specific? You want to lean in there, Titus, about just not expecting less of students. And and I get it. Like, you know, they don't have the freedom. You know, they're not adults in a sense that they're. You know, and so yes, there are times. It's mess. It's messier with students. It really is. I mean, it. You know, they're your mom and dad are kind of signing up when it comes to this as well, especially yeah. if they're thirteen. Like, you know, it's not like they. You know, they're gonna sleep in sometimes. Like, it, it's messy. But then I think to myself, well, I don't, I mean, most adults are messy. It's just a different mess. Yeah. Yep. And not only that, but oftentimes students are much more raw and real with what's going on in their lives. They're going to, at least they're going to let you know, Hey man, I'm sorry. I wasn't there for whatever, you know, but like adults, we just hide that stuff. Yeah. You know, that's another problem entirely. Yeah. So it's not, I think both are messy. They're just different messes, um, that we have to deal with, you know, with sinful people. So I think, uh, I mean, you, both of you probably have experienced this in the sense of if you if you give students um, expectations, you'll probably more than not find that they'll rise to those expectations. Yeah, yeah. And in the sense of, yeah, if you if you if we, that's why I think we're we're really just trying to push uh, this intentionality and this uh, this focus on Christ centered worship in every aspect of of our life, and and what we do on through worship music. Uh, is just a, a reflection of our relationship with Christ throughout the week, yeah. And I think uh, if we if we continue to communicate that uh, expectation of, hey, let's let's really press into our relationship with Jesus, which is the number one most important thing in our life, then I think everything else falls into place. Um, and if we set that expectation and and set expectations of, yeah, we want to excel in this because God has given us these gifts, and we want to glorify His name with the absolute best that we can do. Yeah. And if we, if we set some expectations of wanting to be team players and wanting to, to do things like really, really well, like there's a deep satisfaction in that and a betterment of the church as a whole. Yeah. And yeah, I think if we set that, I think the students, they, they will blow our expectations of, of how they can, they can totally meet those things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we're just going to go over a few things, just our desire for the worship team and our student ministry, you know, and we talked about three of them and specifically for, doesn't matter if you're in our student ministry worship team, but adult worship team. And then there's like a few other just super practical ones, but, and, and even just to clarify, man, we, we don't have an agenda. There's no agenda here outside of just simply doing all we can to make sure that we're honoring the Lord and what we're doing. And is it perfect? By, by all means, no. It wouldn't be perfect if the Lord would have laid it out specifically in the book of Acts. This is the expectations. <laughs> but then if he would have d- done that, then it wouldn't have been applicable to all cultures and all people groups and all languages. And so there's a reason I think the Lord left out some of those things. Yeah. And so so n- somebody who knows Christ, 
to be on that team, uh, to be physically here at Bethel as much as, as they can. This is to be the home church, um, uh, to be in a life group community known, cared for. And a couple of practical ones of, um, you know, practice, <laughs> you know, practice. Um, and I'll mention the other two, then you guys can kind of specifically, you know, lean in a little bit with them and then yeah. show up on time, you know, like it, that's super helpful. That, that means that you care for the other people on the team when you do that. Um, and you know, and, and we got one confirm on planning center and we just planning center is like, I mean, it's nowhere near the importance of the scripture, but by golly, it keeps us organized. That's you know, right. like, yeah. so it's just a tool that's, that is used for us to be able to make things more doable for everybody. So feel free to speak into any of those specific things. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've, we've talked about a lot of different things and I'm just kind of seeing some, some themes pop up as we've been talking. And one of the things that, you know, it's, it's, it's clear to me that we're all passionate about is, is excellence and what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where that, that's where that practice portion shows up. Um, and that, and that's not just for, for, you know, you as a student who is involved in this team, like I would also then want to make the commitment to you that in my role as the music director, I want to give you the tools that you need to do that well, because, yeah. because if you can't, if you don't, if you don't have if, like, if you don't have the songs to practice ahead of time and you show up and you're expected to be perfect in it, then like whose fault is that? That's mine because I didn't give you the songs ahead of time or I didn't give you a chord chart. I didn't give you the resources that you need to, to, to do it well. And so, um, so that so that would be my commitment in, in, in addition to, you know, a, a student on the team, um, putting in the work to, to do it well, like, uh, so I'm, I'm going to do my best to, to equip you well to do that. Um, and you know, uh, the, the, the show up on time thing, like that's, that's something that, you know, if I, if I'm there on a Sunday afternoon, like that, that, that's something that, that I need to do too. Like, these are not thing we're not, we're not throwing all of these, out as like you need to do this and you need to do that like we're committed yeah. to them too like we're yeah. at, at, at least i would hope we are or else we're total hypocrites yeah. right uh yeah. and 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 you know maybe god needs to work on some stuff in our hearts too like he, he totally does but um yeah i i just i it's definitely a two-sided thing it's not just yeah. you know hey rise to the occasion and do your best like i want to i, I want to do my best to support um support you guys in that yeah high, high challenge high support yep not high challenge, low support. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I love how Josh continued to bring up that that pursuit of excellence, you know, in in the sense of, you know, the tech side of things. You know, there's there's logistical ways of doing things that just work really well. Like, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, doing your brakes on your car. Like, if, if you, like, expected a mechanic to come and fix your car, like, but you didn't give him the right tools to do the job, like, that that's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, so, so there's lo- some logistical things like planning center, like being respectful of, you know, our teammates in terms of showing up on time, um, practicing and doing, putting in the prep work, uh, so that way we can excel and, and lead people well. Uh, that just, it breeds and it fosters, uh, better worship. Yeah. And it, and it's a way of, we can, we can better lead, uh, the, the people around us. Um, I, I've also noticed that in specifically worship leading, like if you if you've prepared and you've practiced and you've and you've thought through a bunch of different kind of options, it actually is allows you to to in the moment. You know, I'm I'm not thinking about uh, you know what chord I'm going to play, or I'm not thinking about you know 
all right, is everything tech-wise set up? Like I'm thinking about Christ and I'm, I, it allows more of my heart and my head to be in alignment with just focusing on, on worshiping Christ and leading those around me to, to the throne of, of Christ. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's nothing more distracting uh, in a worship service as a musician than, oh, crap, what chord is coming next? <laughs> like, uh, like, Yeah, and my assumption is then you're thinking more about your skill and less about how to honor the Lord and yep, what I'm doing. Exactly. So by mm-hmm. practicing means I'm able to focus more on the Lord and less on myself. Yep. And, and and I've been on both sides of that. Like I've been in a uh, a service where I did not do my part and I was unprepared. And afterwards, you're like, man, that sucked. Yeah. Like not only did it not sound good, but it's it, like you, you feel like I like I feel like I missed out on something. Like we we just sang all of these super yeah. amazing songs about who God is, and I didn't. I didn't catch a lick of it because I was too. But then on the flip side of that, man, like when when you when you show up and you know your stuff and and you know like you know that everyone else that's come with you is knows their stuff, like um, you you just get to you get to sit in that and and like you said, just just think about it more. Like man, let that let that move you emotionally. Let the truths of God's word do something in your heart that. Um, and there's there's a, an emotional response that comes with that. That's like, man, this is this is awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, and yeah. We're we're definitely speaking from the terms of we're we do this because we've we've been on the other end. We've all <laughs> made those mistakes many yeah. times. Yeah. We're not prepared. Yes. Yeah. So, and maybe not to oversimplify things, but just to be clear, like, can anyone be on the worship team? I yeah. I mean, we 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 talked a little bit about this earlier i think i think where we're at at this point is is no uh it's not it's not a it's not an anyone who who uh wants to be who, who plays who plays an instrument who sings um it's not it's not for everyone because not everyone is is equipped to do that uh for one reason or another uh, you know i mean for the first thing that we're asking as, as an expectation is that you know Jesus, right? And so, and like back to the phrase that we brought up earlier, like you can't lead people in a direction you're not going. You can't be a worship leader if you're not uh, a follower of Jesus. Uh, yeah. And so that alone uh, um, is a, uh, you know, let let let's have a conversation. Like let's uh, let's get you there. <laughs> yes. Like like yeah. I I would love to to have a uh, a conversation about the gospel with someone who is saying I want to be a part of this but but it's clear that they're not following Jesus like let's let's get after it and um have yeah. that conversation surrender your life to the Lord and and um you know we'll we'll go from there but um yeah I mean, there's there's a there's a high calling for leadership within the church um and and leadership in the church doesn't just mean the senior pastor or the youth pastor or yep. the music director or the tech director like um and and so i think that the part of part of being on a platform is that whether you like it or not like there there is uh people will see you as a leader and yeah. and and they're going to they're going to want to follow um your example simply by the fact that you've been given a a, a platform uh and and so you know our our job as the ones who are kind of uh, shepherding or or discerning uh, how to how to lead this team well is is how to um, you know have these these guardrails up to be really intentional about um, 
who it is who it is that's that's leading that's leading our church um and yeah. and that's not always that's not always fun <laughs> um but but yeah i mean it, like it, it's it's kind of part of it just goes back to what we're what we're talking about earlier like we can't can't lead in a direction that we're not going ourselves so um you know you just got to be a follower of jesus yeah yes just want to just completely affirm everything that josh shared yes can anyone be on the worship team i i, I don't think so um no and and goes back to yeah everything we said in the sense of we we need to to know Christ and, and we need to to lead from from our relationship with Christ yeah and I think by by setting that boundary we're we're not only we're not just setting that expectation arbitrarily but we're we're guarding the the health of the team yeah. uh, we're guarding the health of our our the people that we're we're ministering to. In the sense that we're we're not letting anybody um, have a microphone and and lead people, you know, not maybe they're they're saying something that kind of feels like it makes sense, but but maybe in reality it's it's a false gospel. Yeah. Um, so we're really trying to be intentional of of guarding that um, and shepherding you know the flock well um, and leading from a place where we're at where we we know Jesus intimately um, and we're growing in our faith and. Uh, another thing that we kind of talk about as a team, and we're we're kind of, you know, having conversations with people about being on the team is, um, would you would you say that there's anybody that you know that if if you were on the platform that you would be a distraction or you would they would ask like why is that person on the platform? Mm. Um, and I've I've found this really convicting for myself in the sense of when when I'm when I'm leading when when I'm doing a role either in the tech booth or or on stage. Uh, is there anybody that would look at me, um, that that knows me, that would see a sin that's manifested my it's myself um, in my in my life, and they would be like, "Wow, like I can't believe he's up there," um, and it it makes me we pause and it makes me reflect on God. What what am I doing that's contrary to to who you've created me to be? Where reveal to me the what sin is in my life that that I can be in obedience to to you, Jesus. Um, cause I, I want to lead people from a place of, of deep relationship with Christ, not in a place where I just, I get up and I, I'm, I'm able to, to perform the music skill or the tech skill. I, I want it to be yeah. a place of, of worship, a genuine worship. Yeah. And, and yeah, the, uh, again, totally, totally agree with everything you're saying. And, and, you know, the, the reason that that is a thing is, is not, um, not to be like exclusive or anything yeah. like that. Um, it's it's just, um, you know, that thing where you just like totally lose your train of thought, and you're like, "Man, I was going somewhere, and it was it was so good." That totally just happened to me. And it's okay. <laughs> well, here, let me share a couple things. Yeah, and then, sure. if it, then if it pops in, you just yeah, give yeah, me yeah, the yeah. just you just just wave your lushy hair at me, and I'll know to. <laughs> To be quiet for a moment. All right, all right, you do that. It's too uh, gel to wave right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. You're like ready for like a like a motorcycle ride. Oh, just and be just sitting still the whole time. Anyway, sorry, bro. And you know, and and to be just super honest, the reason we're having this conversation is because there hasn't been. I don't necessarily think any sinful things that that I've seen specifically. You know, in the context of our student ministry, in terms of worship stuff, but but we're we just want to be super intentional. And as God honoring as we possibly can, no no matter what what that may be, and willing to submit to those things. And so, you know, and we've talked a lot about this, and I've shared this with <clears throat> with the students who 
uh, you know, we've been talking to this summer and stuff who've been a part of the worship team, um, you know, in the past. And, and I, you know, I just remember this past semester there, you know, we had a student who invited a friend. It was great. I mean, we want our, we want to be a youth ministry that we invite lost. Yep. I mean, I, you're allowed to come here. Like we want you here. I mean, it doesn't matter what your skin color is, what language you speak, you know, like, like even how you would define yourself, you know, it's it, like, we're going to teach biblical truth, but we want to care well for you. Yep. No, no matter where you are. And if you're a crazy sinful person and you're doing, doing things that you are, are destroying your life, or if you're making much of the Lord, it doesn't matter. We, we want, we want you here. Like in that, that's messy. Yeah. And so I remember there was a, a time that I observed this past semester where, where a student brought a friend, which is awesome. And then in a matter of moments, that student was up on stage and, and, I just met that student for the first time and we didn't really know them. We didn't know if they were a follower of Jesus. This student, uh, I think, I think I can say wore inappropriate clothing for somebody who I'd put in a leadership position. Um, uh, and I think it was a distraction, you know, to an extent. And, um, and, and then I thought to myself, I'm like, man, like, I don't, is this wrong and sinful? I don't think I can say that, but is this what's best to, to to be an example to our students and to represent Christ? And, and it was just super convicting. I'm not, I, I have, I don't have a desire to, there's no hidden agenda, throw people on the butt, nothing like that. It's just simply like, I think we need to know if they know the Lord, like know their name, caring well for them. Uh, and so for a student to be able to come through the door and then just to be in the leadership position, you know, a few minutes later scares me. Um, and I, and, you know, we talked to the students about this this past summer and stuff and was encouraged by their thoughts and, and, and I just want us to be careful with what we're doing. So that way we're not putting somebody in a position of authority and leadership that, has nothing to do with if we look bad. I, I don't, man. We're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna own it. We're gonna eat crow and we're gonna ask, say we're sorry and ask for forgiveness all day long. Every time we make a mistake, every time. There be no, there's no hidden agenda there, but just to, um, but just to be able to have an environment, and atmosphere in our student ministry where, where those who are want to be in positions of leadership, we will provide that, and to care well for them and to serve them well, and so just. That's kind of why we want to have this conversation, just to not only let our students, but also you know whoever's listening know like this is this is where we're coming from. There's zero hidden agenda. Our goal is to just make much of Christ and all that we do, and and this for, for this particular conversation is under the umbrella of just worship team in the context of our church, but also in the context of our student ministry and why that matters. And so, last question here we've got is, you know, what, what is our desire for our worship ministry at, at Bethel? And we'd love to have you guys lean in on this a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I think I would sum up um, what my desire is for worship ministry at Bethel pretty concisely in that um, I want to equip people of all ages. So, uh, does, does that include kids, Josh? Potentially. Uh, Bir- you know, birth through fifth grade. Can we put babies up on a stage, homie? <laughs> It's it looks different maybe for someone that <laughs> I'm just, I, dude, I'm just you're, you're, you're trying to you're trying to I'm get sorry. me to, into one of those like I'm what sorry. am I talking about again? I want to I want to equip the church, P 
people of all ages in the church to use the gifting that God has given them in order to articulate the gospel. Um, and, and, and we're doing that to unbelievers who, who, who come through our doors, but then also on top of that to, to disciple the church, uh, to look more like Jesus. Um, and yeah. you know, we, those are, those are two things that, um, I think maybe sometimes we, we think, well, we want to lean heavy on discipleship or heavy on, uh, evangelism. It's like, why, why can't we do both? Like, why, yeah. why can't we be, um, as on fire for seeing unbelievers come to know Jesus as we are seeing believers in Jesus look more like Jesus. And so in the context of what we do in worship ministry, um, I want to see uh, us get better and better and better um, at, at articulating that message uh, with our music, with our tech, with, with everything that, that we do on a, on a Sunday morning and, and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think the only thing I would add to that is the sense of, we, we always strive to to have Christ at the center and the power of the gospel being being the driving force of all the decisions and everything that we do. We want we want that to continue to be central. And I know that it can kind of sound cliche like, yeah, like Jesus is at the center of it all. But but he is. Yeah. And it it needs to be the driving force of of everything we do. And we that's that in reality that that's a high calling. And uh, we can only do that through through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Yeah. And uh, once again, going back to how important our relationship with Christ is, how important my relationship with Christ is, and uh, we want to continue to reflect that as uh, our worship ministry here at Bethel Church, and uh, to be able to lead people into to loving God more and more each and every day, and that way they can go out and and love others better too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys, for your time and, yes, and joining awesome, us it's on, been really fun. on the podcast and really, really grateful. And so appreciate all that you guys are doing. And and uh, I, we pray that those who are listening would just see our heart and desire for, um, for our worship ministry here at Bethel Church. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the House on Fire podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast activates your home for Jesus. May the light of Christ burn bright through you and yours. Until next time.